0: Hi again, welcome to another edition of What Barry's Talking About. From Barry 360, I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, Maple Syrup. It's usually just starting to flow, but at least one local producer is already tapped out. Youth Haven's Coldest Night of the Year fundraiser is this Saturday night. We find out how you can help. And the Barry Colts ended last week and began this week on a winning note. But first, the annual inflation rate eased some more in January, down to 5.9% from 6.3% in December. Still, food prices are high, mortgage rates too, and insolvencies are rising as people are unable to stay on top of their monthly bills. Insolvency trustees Hoy's Michaelis' annual Joe Debtor survey found millennials account for almost half of all insolvencies in Canada. Mark Borziak joins us from the Barry office. Was that expected, Mark, or did it come as a surprise that millennials were on top of that list?
1: I don't think we were expecting that kind of result, but I don't necessarily think it's surprising given the uh, the trends in the demographics. I mean, cost of living's continued to rise. And if you look at the millennial age group, they've had uh, bigger challenges than maybe other age groups. Look at housing, trying to get into a house right now. Houses are more expensive than ever. Education seems to be creeping up in cost. So once you reach that age where you're trying to go to post-secondary education and you're trying to enter the workforce, there are barriers would seem a little bit higher than prior generations the fact that their numbers are up when you look at it it's actually not that surprising a lot of things
0: there too there's student loans they're paying off they've got credit card debt they've they've got other loans that they're they're paying off and they're, they're trying to keep up they're trying to get ahead but in order to do that they're they're mounting an incredible amount of debt
1: Yeah, it's difficult. Um, I mean, go back to the rising cost of living. I mean, one of uh, the people I speak to, most of the concerns and one of their biggest costs right now is rent. So I think in our study, we found that rent was getting closer to 45% of your monthly expense, the guidelines like 35%. So when your fixed living costs are increasing at such a high rate, it's going to be difficult on your finances. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to put a roof over your head, you got to feed your family and you got to get to and from work. And when all those costs go up, you have less money to go around at the end of the month and you have to pay your bills. So you're going to look at what alternatives you have out there.
0: My mother you always used to wonder why there was so much month left at the end of the money. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the case for a lot of us right now in with the situation that we're going through and dealing with it we're nipping and tucking here and there we're we're pulling back in some areas some people I guess didn't pull back as much as they should have or could have recognizing that there are people who are who are in in dire straits and and uh, would would have difficulty doing that anyway but some of us could make adjustments
1: to, to keep this kind of thing from happening. Yeah, you can always try and review your budget, I guess, going back to basics. is Take a look at where your money's going and what you're spending. Are there certain expenses you can try and cut? Luxuries versus needs is always the thing to look at. Um, so it might sound simple, but uh, I mean, to quote the finance minister, do you, do you get rid of Disney? Do you get rid of some of your streaming services? It's easier said than done, um, but it's always a good place to check. Uh, excuse me, check in with.
0: I think part of the problem, too, is a lot of people have never lived through something like this before, so they didn't really know how to react, whereas you know, here I am. I remember this in the early 80s, so I had half an idea of of what to expect, what I was going to have to do to try to get through all this, and also knowing that we're going to come out of it at some point. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't believe that's going to happen.
1: No, I mean, if you look at the, the millennial generation, I'm a millennial. We, well, I graduated right at the end of the Great Recession. So we've never really had high interest rates. Like interest rates got cut in 2008. They've been historically low. They start to creep up. They went right back down. And now look what's happened over the past 12 months. They've increased the amount of rate that's never been seen before. So that that's a big shock to the system. If you've never had interest rates that high, that's a tough, tough adjustment you're going to have to deal with. Um, I mean, if you look at lines of credit or if, you're lucky enough to have a house and you have a mortgage and you look at what that does to your payments, that's a very big shock to your budget very quickly.
0: And then we go searching for ways to, to get out of this hole that we've dug. And that could mean high rate loans. It could mean payday loans. And that's just a vicious cycle to get into.
1: Unfortunately, it is. So payday loans, once they get their teeth into you, it's very difficult to get out. It it's a very repetitive business. Most of my clients we talk to, you see that it's not just one payday loan. You're back in there every two weeks. And what we found in our studies with those rapid loans, it's kind of a similar process. They're very high interest, larger amounts. Clients are seeming to be getting more and more of them and the balances are creeping up and up. And at a certain point, cash flow just dries up. And you're at the end of the road. You have to make some tough decisions.
0: Are lenders being more particular now or would it would seem from this that they're not, that they're taking anybody and everybody in and giving them whatever they want?
1: I would say no. I don't think there's much um, scrutiny. Can't, can't say for certain. But from our, our uh, study, it's easy access to credit seems to be the, the theme. That The reason why the loans are so popular is because it, it's easy to get into.
0: Survey uh, didn't just talk about millennials, it uh, was just about everybody uh, in every age group and uh, uh, having some kind of difficulty or carrying some kind of, of debt load. What, uh, what did you find there and were there any surprises?
1: I think the biggest surprise was that things seem to be getting better, at least from a demographic standpoint, uh, in terms of the, the household's uh, income side. Income was up, debt was down, but insolvencies are on the rise, which at the end of the day it just means times are getting tougher. Costs are going up. People have less discretionary income to be able to make their payments, and so unfortunately, it's difficult. They're having to look at other options to help themselves.
0: And as far as insolvency is concerned, it's it's a it's a bugaboo for a lot of people, and it's a black mark. But it's a it's a chance to start over again and, and clear the deck.
1: That's the entire idea. There, the way I suggest people look at it is that they're tools to help you get a fresh start. The the two for consumers would be a bankruptcy or consumer proposal. Some people assert or associate negative connotations to the terms, but at the end of the day, they're there to help you get a fresh start, lower your payments, and allow you to move forward.
0: And then that gets you set up, and hopefully, you learn from all of that. I think there's some kind of counseling that goes along with that too, right?
1: Correct. There's uh, two counseling sessions that you complete. Uh, so we go over budgeting, money management. And we're there to help. We put a plan in place to help you be successful to get you through the process so you do achieve your fresh start. Uh, The idea isn't just to to set up some payments and never see you again. We are there to help you through the process.
0: All right. In the meantime, before you get to that point and and knowing what you know from from this survey, what do you recommend to people as far as keeping things in order, not not letting them get out of hand at this point if they haven't already?
1: Easier said than done, but I think it goes back to the basics of let's look at your budget. At the end of the day, you need a plan for your income, where it's coming from, and then where it's going. So go over your monthly bank statements, go over your expenses, find out where things are going, see where you can cut back, and then put a plan in place to try and pay your debt down. And if you can't, then you take a look at options. What can you do? Maybe a consolidation loan if the bank will help you out. And if you need to, you look at other options out there. Uh, Consumer proposals or bankruptcy is an option to help you get that fresh start.
0: People have more questions, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, You can give me a call, phone number 705-719-4948, or uh, check us out on the internet at hoys.com.
0: Thanks for the survey, thanks for the advice, we look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Mark Borziak is an insolvency trustee with Hoyes Michaelis and Barry. A word of caution, as you know, Barry 360 is affiliated with radio station Rock 95, which has become the victim again of scammers putting together fake Rock 95 Facebook pages, asking you to fill out a form in order to claim prizes. While Rock 95 does host contests on its website, it does not ask fans to claim prizes online or request financial information to receive prizes. long range forecast calling for a low of minus 9 on Saturday night not the coldest night of this winter but enough of a chill to give you an idea of what some of Barry's youth are facing some winter nights youth haven's annual coldest night of the year fundraiser is this weekend Barry 360s MJ finding out from executive director Lucy Gowers how you can help
2: for people that aren't really familiar with how this works what what is it for It's for Youth Haven, of course. Uh, It's an opportunity for people to come walk with us through the downtown area. Um, We're hoping that it's not going to be too cold, but, you know, I mean, we have youth that come to Youth Haven who actually experience trying to find shelter in the dead of the winter. So it's minus two degrees right now with the wind chill of minus six, seven. We have youth that are actually trying to find shelter in this kind of weather. So what the walk usually does is it tries to illustrate the challenges of a youth when they're out there looking for a safe, warm place to spend the night. How many um, youth do you currently have? We currently have, at the last count, I believe, was seventeen youth staying with us at the shelter. Our capacity is nineteen, but we also have a transitional housing program where we house up to fifteen youth. So, on average, we're supporting close to thirty youth—thirty, you know, thirty-two youths most nights And we're the only shelter, of course, in the county of of Simcoe. Um, We do great work, but we don't do it alone. We do it with the support of an amazing community. And so once again, we're reaching out to our community to help support our coldest night of the year walk, which, of course, the money raised will go towards our youth, our programs, keeping our doors open, the lights on, making sure we've got food on the table and supporting them the best that we possibly can because we believe that every youth has the potential to to do amazing things and we just want to make sure that we're supporting the youth to the best that they can be as well
3: when it comes to the actual event day, um, where is it gonna be held? And I, I guess, like you said, like walking around the downtown area, yes. how long of a trip does that include?
2: So you can actually do a two or a five kilometer walk through the downtown area. The route will take you um, through downtown, of course, in front of our transitional housing, uh, which is located across from McDonald's, as well as our shelter. So it's an opportunity for you to actually walk past and see where we, sh- we keep our youth safe and an opportunity for everyone at the shelter or through Transitional to show appreciation by thanking people as they go by. Um, it really is a wonderful opportunity for our community to come and and spend some time with us, get to know our staff, get to meet some of our volunteers. We oftentimes have youth helping to support the event as well. After all, this is for them, and they're encouraged by the support that they get, so they want to be out there um, and doing the best they can as well. And do you have any set in mind on how much you would like to raise? We would love to raise $80,000 this year. We're at about 58% right now, so we're almost at $50,000. So we're looking for... a lot of support from now until Saturday, of course, and, and of course, till the end of the month as well. But um, we we're really hopeful that we're going to make it again this year. We're so impressed by the generosity of our community and, and by the support that we get on a regular basis. So we're asking you one more time to come on out and walk with us and support our coldest night of the year. Where can people find more information or to register? They can actually register at cnoy.org. I never know if it's backslash or forward slash. Barry. (laughs) Um, And it'll take you right to our our homepage. Bring your toques, your scarves, your mitts, and come on out and walk with us um, this Saturday. The walk starts at about just after 5 o'clock.
0: What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer, got caught up recently with local singer-songwriter Kyle Walkup, met another in Heather Hill who's making life-affirming, uplifting music at her home in the Blue Mountains, and we learned how to play tupong, table tennis, using both hands. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. Still to come on What Barry's Talking About, how the Colts did this week, and getting sticky in the sugar bush. Now this.
4: Our community rocks.
0: It's a well-known fact, blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling 1-888-2-donate.
4: Our community rocks
3: on Barrie's Rock Station. Rock 95.
0: This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. The Barry Colts didn't gain any ground last week on the North Bay Battalion for first place in the OHL Central Division. They didn't lose any ground either, and they still have five games in hand heading into tonight's game against Erie. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets our weekly update from Colts broadcaster and reporter Gene Pereira.
4: So the Colts were poised to finally uh, best North Bay last week. They beat the Niagara Ice Dogs 5-1 and Hamilton 6-3, but then lost to the Battalion 4-2. Had a good comeback win, though, over the Frontenacs uh, for Zip, and it marked uh, Braden Hachet's first game back in Kingston since getting dealt to Barry. Uh, you talked with Hachet. What was his uh, mindset heading into that game? Lots of memories uh, there for him, for sure, eh?
5: Yeah, I think so. He, he obviously uh he enjoyed his time in Kingston and any time you go back, especially the first time, uh, you know, there's it's different. it's where he grew as a, a junior player, but uh you know, he obviously he he joins the Colts team with an opportunity to to win a championship and uh but uh he got a pretty good reception back at home. They had a nice little video uh for him uh, uh during the uh first uh in uh, the first period uh, midway break there, and they had a little bit of video for him, so uh, it was nice to see, but I think for him, uh, you know, as well, getting a win at home, uh, I, I think it's always nice uh, when you come back home and, uh, and get a win there.
4: And then I saw on the schedule as well that Battalion lost in the end, uh, 3-2 in overtime in Ottawa. How big of a kind of moment was that for, for Barry to kind of get the win against Kingston and get a couple of wins the last week and then see uh, North Bay lose?
5: Yeah, obviously it's uh, it's tough. They to gained the a point on him, uh to move within five points, and uh, you know losing the head-to-head game was uh, was was uh, you know was was tough for Barry. I think uh, obviously there's some disappointment there, especially the fact that he jumped out to a two nothing lead in that game on Saturday, and then uh, had a two one lead entering the third. And you know Marty Williamson again just expressed how you know they they have to learn from it. You know some costly turnovers kind of uh, spurred uh, the battalion's uh, comeback but uh, uh, you know uh, he uh, Marty kind of brought out an old golf uh, uh, an old golf saying that if you don't get bitter you get better uh, and uh, I think that was uh, his message to his team coming out of that North Bay game and they jumped back with a solid effort in Kingston and shut out and uh you know, got to within five points. There's still some time here. It's gonna be difficult, uh, but those head to head games were key. But uh North Bay had the edge winning five of six against Barry. so I think the uh, uh you know, the thing is now is uh, obviously uh, you know, the message he's uh, Marty Williams is trying to preach to his club is that You know, all they can do is take care of what they can handle, which is the games in hand. And, you know, they got some games coming up against teams that are, you know, 500 or lower, uh, and an opportunity to kind of maybe uh, get back to within striking distance of North Bay.
4: Yeah, I was just about to say the Colts have uh, Erie, the Erie Otters on Thursday, Oshawa Generals Saturday, and Niagara again for Sunday. That definitely seems like a good stretch for them to grab some wins.
5: Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Last week, a couple of trap games there. You know, you're facing an Niagara team uh, uh, that is last place in the Ontario Hockey League. Then you're going into Friday in Hamilton. Uh, we're a team that's, you know, looking, that made some moves, looked to the future and rebuilding, and, you know, those can be traps sometimes when you got a game like North Bay that you're looking to uh, that you can kind of tend to overlook those two, but the good thing was that the Colts did, they kind of took care of business and uh, I think that's probably the same way they'll approach uh, this week, obviously, with games against Erie uh, uh, you know, and uh, Oshawa and, and Niagara, again, uh, you know, uh, when I keep, uh, you, you ask about those games, and, you know, uh, Marty just always uh, you know, always brings up the fact that, you know, on any given night in this league, anybody can win, and uh, uh, they've learned that, uh, you know, you learn that lesson over the years, and, uh, you know, it has to be the same approach, is that they take it, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they look at the game that's ahead of them and take care of that, and, you know, again, in Kingston, it was really good, uh, you know, Uh, Good bounce back for Barry. They controlled that hockey game from the start. They didn't get the offense going into the third, the power play. Got three power play goals and got them going, but they really controlled play, and it's something that uh, they've done uh, here over these last few weeks and that uh, they certainly hope to continue this week.
0: That's Colt's Color Man, Gene Pereira, in conversation with our Will Conkin. America has its apple pie. Here in Canada, it's maple syrup. We have it on pancakes and waffles. Bacon is marinated in it. Canned beans are mixed in it. But producers had to be on the ball this year. The sap started running early. Barry 360's Ian McLennan caught Tom Shaw at Shaw's Maple Syrup in Oro Medante between his stacks of pancakes.
6: Maple syrup time. A lot of people think, of course, uh, they think about that as we roll into March, in the middle of March, but this is the earliest tapping of the trees at your location in 119 years?
3: This has been a phenomenally warm February, and sap started running quite early. Oftentimes, the trees will start warming a little bit with uh, the heat, but not as much as this year. We've gotten a lot of sap out of the trees.
6: Does that impact operations in any way, or you just always are prepared for this time of year?
3: Well, we keep trying to get er prepared a little earlier, but this year was even earlier again, so it made us scramble in the bush, but we were able to get tapped up fairly quickly because we weren't on snowshoes this year, so uh, it, it, uh, it went fast.
6: Are you tapped out?
3: We are so we uh, we have all four thousand five hundred trees tapped, and we've gotten a phenomenal amount of sap already. We've brought in thirty seven thousand liters of sap so far, and made uh, eight hundred and twenty liters of maple syrup.
6: Now, is this sold generally uh, to the public through varia or do you also export this at all to other provinces, or how, how do you how do you do that?
3: No, we're like your local craft brewery where uh, we have. Actually, generations of families that uh, come out and, and buy our maple syrup that we're, we're thrilled to see each year. And so it's really a, a local thing, a really a berry. Lots of uh, Toronto uh, people that have cottages make this part of their family tradition that come out as well.
6: Now, this early tapping of the trees, Tom, has it become, I don't know what a normal winter is anymore, but have you found over the past years that this has become the norm?
3: It is, and uh, we we think. Uh, well, we will tap a little bit early this year, and it doesn't seem like we're tapping too early. Uh, you don't want to drill the holes in the trees too early in the, in the, the spring or the winter because they'll uh, dry out. You want it to be close to the time that the sap's going to going to start flowing. And uh, like I say, it just keeps getting a little bit earlier. Last year was the earliest season that we've ever made syrup. And it was February 22nd, but it was only a little bit. It was 15, 20 gallons worth of syrup made. This year is a full week earlier, but huge volumes.
6: In terms of um, the syrup that is made and uh, the process that goes into it, I recall talking to you a number of years ago where you said Mother Nature can be your best friend or or worst enemy. If you just, uh, you know, in layman terms, describe the process to get, uh, you know, what you need to make good maple syrup.
3: Nights to stop any flow of sap in the tree, and then a rapidly warming day, hopefully with some sunshine, because the sun warms the the dark branches up even more. That creates a surge of sap in the in the tree. So, uh, from year one year to the next, we never know the volumes of sap that we're that we're going to get. Uh, but it's nice with the tubing system because we're all connected in out there. Whatever happens with the trees, uh, we get it, and it's it's an agricultural crop, so. You can't count on every on on it each year. It's going to be different.
6: And so, are you open for business now? And, and people, if they want to bite into a pancake and pancakes and have some syrup, you're available.
3: Come on, we're open every day until mid-April. We open at eight a.m. and the grill gets turned off at three thirty. And we've got horse-drawn wagon rides on the uh, on the weekends that takes you for a loop through the bush. It's a really great family place to to come with all generations, and the kids can get jacked up on sugar and uh, gloat and be loud in the bush.
6: <laughs> well, this interview this interview is being done on Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday. So, um, what are you having for dinner tonight?
3: Uh, I am having some pancakes and delicious maple syrup. You're not a sinner. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thank you. Bye
0: now. Shaw's is located on Line 14 South in Oro-Medonte. Their website is Shaw'sCatering.com. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, and Will for their input and to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise and to you for taking the time to listen. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About. Rate it. Review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.